Oh, let's pray together. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning, to feel after your holy presence, dear God. Bring us close to you, I pray, the great and wonderful and glorious name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. amen. All right. Very glad to be with you this morning. Turning to the book of Colossians. And as you come into the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first four books give to you the four accounts of the one gospel. Then you come to the book of Acts, which will give to you the birth of the church that Jesus birthed and started. And then we'll go to the book of Romans, and that is an epistle written to the congregation that was started at Rome. And then First and Second Corinthians, which is also messages that were sent to the congregation that was started in that part of the world. And then you'll come to Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians and Colossians. We are in Colossians this morning. Chapter 3, there are four chapters in Colossians. We will go to chapter 3. Very happy to see each and every one of you here this morning. Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, a reference to flesh, glorified flesh at that, and spirit, right? Verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead. That means that you're dead to the flesh, the carnal things of life. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Verse 4, when Christ who is our life, shall appear. Then shall he also appear with him in glory. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to preach for a little while this morning or teach for a little while this morning on Christ who is our life. You may be seated. There are many things that people get involved with in this world. And of course, Job's writing declared that you're born just a few days and full of trouble, like sparks flying up, full of trouble. And that uh, there's so many things that our minds and our days on this earth get involved with. But there is... Uh, a passage of scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15 where it tells you to choose life and that as we are so blessed to come to a, a place in our thinking by the grace of God and the good things that happen the important things that happen the spiritual things that is that happen in our, to us it is because of the grace of God the favor of God. Uh, the psalmist, I would like to read to you from Psalm 16 and 11 this morning. 
Everybody said, praise the Lord. When we get done with man up prayer, Tuesday through Fridays, sometimes we'll go to breakfast, we'll have a prayer breakfast, so to speak, or we'll actually have a Bible breakfast, and we will read, I'll tell them, give me a number between 1 and 150, and I'll start reading whatever number they give me, whatever psalm, and uh, we will begin to read. The other morning we read 11 psalms, 11 chapters, and uh, listen to verse 11 of chapter Psalm 16. Thou wilt show me the path of life. There is a path of life, okay? In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. For an individual to come across this path of life. The Bible also calls it the path of the just. And it shines more and more, or it is shining more and more unto that complete day. For you, as an individual, to be ambling along here in this world and remember personally myself I was 20 years old and uh, you know I worked at a back in those days they called us hippies and I worked at a hippie clothing store and um, all the top of the line moment clothing was available to me, of course, at a discounted price working there. Eventually did become the manager. And the, uh, the thing is that there came a day where the boss and I had a, a uh, difference of opinion. Uh, he fired me and I quit. Came out to the same bottom line. We went our separate ways. And uh, he, I was visited one day by a man. I didn't know who the guy was. He came knocking on our apartment door, my wife and I. And um, he asked if he could come in and talk to me. I didn't know who he was. And I was... I said, okay, come on in, sit down. And, well, he began to talk to me about where I worked and uh, wanted to know about did I ever ring anything up at the register, I said occasionally. He said, did you ever put funds in the register without ringing it up? And I said, no, I, I don't believe I did. And I stopped him and I said, you know, you're talking about that hippie clothing store I used to work at, right? He said, yeah. I said, you notice I said, I used to work there. I said, I don't work there anymore. Uh, I said, my life has been changed. Matter of fact, I've found life. Uh, and I know that he was shocked when he came to the door and saw me because what I had looked like when I worked at the hippie clothing store 
and what I looked like when he knocked on my door were two very different images and very different realities, one being a reality and the other one being falsehood. And um, I told him, I said, let me tell you what's taking place. And I began to tell him, I said, I have started going to church. Uh, and I said, I got baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of my sins. And I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I said, my, I'm called to preach. And my whole life now is the church, the work of God. And as this Colossians said, he's saying, if you have this Holy Ghost, that's why I'm putting it into words I hope you can process in your mind. If you then be risen with Christ, in other words, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, he said, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. That's given you the Lamb, the one who died on the cross, that in the flesh, and then the glorified flesh, because He rose again from the dead, and that it is trying to show you that He is in the heavens. The right hand being the authority of the Spirit. It's not two persons or two, that you would see an old, old, old man and then you would see some kind of younger man. That is not at all what the Bible teaches. That is natural thinking because you are yet natural. <laughs> okay? And you get in the Holy Ghost. You get risen with Him. He said, set your affection, your emotions on things above. Start thinking more and more. Developing a mindset and patterns in your mind your heart, that you are thinking more and more about the world to come. There are people that live only for down here, for this world. There are people that will give every minute, every hour, every day, every month, every year of their existence down here. They will do that. But stop and think. If it's if it's for some kind of political gain or position or what you're trying to accomplish in this world, you will die. Eventually, you will die. And then, what will happen? Maybe you built a bridge or got your name put on a bridge. Chances are one day the bridge will rust and fall. And then what will become of your name. Matter of fact, you can pretty much figure that after you die, and the way, life, way things are now, moving so rapidly and so quickly, that you won't hardly be lowered into the ground, but what you'll already be forgotten. Things are moving on at such a fast pace. And there is no reward, no reward that's coming to you unless you get a change and you really get life. Now your Bible teaches, I'll turn to John chapter 1, tells you in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Everybody said amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. 
and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The Word was the thought, the blueprint, the pattern was with the Spirit. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. Everybody said praise the Lord. For you to come to a realization or a revelation of what life really is. Life isn't just going through the motions. Matter of fact, the Bible talked about the motions of sin. We don't want to just go through the motions here. We don't want to just go through this dimension in this world and then die and have no heavenly reward. This writer is telling you, number one, if a person will begin to believe on Jesus, how? As the Scripture has said, that's how. And the Scripture says very plainly, as you hopefully are saying, what must I do? What shall I do? The Scripture is shouting out to you, to everybody, to repent. To repent. God, I am sorry, and I'm going to turn away from the lifestyle that I've been living, the way I've been living. I'm going to turn away from that. I'm not going to go in that direction anymore. I'm not going to think those thoughts and those patterns anymore. And all of that is understood that it can be accomplished because of His grace, His favor, and His, His power, His authority, what He will do for us, His divine help. He knows that we're weak in our flesh and our fleshly minds. He knows that. He understands that we have stumbled and fallen and tripped and made all kinds of mistakes and made wrong choices and gone in wrong directions. He's well aware of that. He did not come to condemn. He came to seek and to save. He came to display and manifest His love towards you. And it did that being the invisible God who created the heavens and the earth and everything. He did that by showing himself in the flesh or visibly. The invisible came visibly. He, like I put on my coat this morning, he put on a body of flesh. The flesh came from Mary. He spoke the word over Mary. And that which was conceived in her was of his Holy Spirit. And after the due course of nature, which would be about nine months, she brought forth that babe, that flesh. And in, so the word that was God was made flesh and dwelt among humankind, human beings. And as he went about doing good, as he grew in grace and knowledge, that flesh, when the time came for him to be shown and to be revealed, then as Peter was asked the question and answered the question, Whom do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're not just another prophet. You're not just another person. You're not ordinary. You are the Christ. All right. So you're the Son of the living Spirit. And so, as the, he introduced the church then, and he said, Upon this rock, I will build my church. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Fight against it? Oh, yes. 
All the powers of deception of hell fight against the church in every effort to get the body of Christ, the church, to stop bringing the message of life. Stop bringing people to the path of life. That day, that day, I got to witness to an IRS agent about the path of life. I got to tell him how I got baptized in Jesus and how I received the Holy Ghost and how my life was changed, that I no longer did the things that I used to do and that I, much more than that, I no longer cared to do those things anymore. I no longer thought about those things. And he said, well, I, I can see that. And he said, uh, he said, your former boss is in the Atlanta Penitentiary where he will be for the next 10 years. And he'll be there for the full 10 years because it was federal what he did. But this is the guy that had 20 and 30 vehicles in his name. This is the guy that had all the money. This is the guy that had all the, all the uh, contacts and all the so-called friends. And this is the guy that was everybody oohed and awe over. You know, they thought he was really something. But now, now he finds out that the way his lifestyle and the things he sought after and the things he lived for, that these things were of no value whatsoever. So, he, so there, he's in a penitentiary, a prison, and there I am in the church. I will take God's plan any day. God's plan is far better. Far better. Yes. And so, for ten years, here's a man that is spending day in and day out in a prison with people who have the wrong attitudes fighting to stay alive learning somebody who didn't want to live by the rules is learning that in prison there's all kinds of rules and so I say to you that this writer said look you repent of your sins and you get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, the full pardon of all of your sins. And then you receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's what will place you in Christ. That's what will make you risen with Christ in newness of life. That's what happens when you get this born-again experience. Born again of water that is baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Born again of the Spirit that is filled with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And as you get this born again experience, this salvation of God, then you are then risen with Christ. And it's in a newness of life. You're not going to be the old you. And you want to stay away from the old you. What was it? One woman was worried about her dead brother. She said, he's been in the grave four days and he stinketh. Well, let me tell you, it stunk before it ever got put in the grave. People's existence, places they go, things they do, that stinks. Let me tell you, you want to get the Holy Ghost. You want to get the fragrance of God. 
You want to get what's beautiful and lovely and wonderful, clean and wholesome, godly, pure. You want to get happiness. You want to get away from a bad life. So you want to set your emotions on things above and not on things that are on the earth. Start looking up. One place said, I'll lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from God, from the Lord. You want to start lifting your eyes up. You want to start looking in the right direction. Uh, people can get distracted and they look at the wrong things. And, they, and that starts to affect them. You know, the enemy wants to, the Bible talked about the uh, continual dropping of whatever it might be. In this case it said water. Said it, it uh, wears away the rock. And you don't want to allow the enemy to have access to you and continually dropping the wrong thing in your life, in your ear, in your heart, in your mind. You don't want that. You don't want to allow him that kind of access. Okay? You tell yourself, I'm going to set my affections, my emotions, my thoughts and my intellect on things that are above. I'm not going to draw. What did it say uh, about with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation? Let's be very particular about the source that we're drawing from. Okay? You don't want to be drawing from worldly, natural, carnal, sinful things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek that first. Let that be where you're drawing your well, of, your water from the well. Uh, a woman came to Jesus. No, Jesus came actually and sat on a well. And a woman came to the well to draw water, as was the custom in those days, in the center of town. And it was, uh, in her mind, a very famous well because of people like Jacob, who had come in the Old Testament and had drawn at that well. And uh, they had a history that they'd handed down. And they knew that this was the well that Jacob, our father, they said, had come and drawn from and fed the, uh, the sheep and so on and so forth. And as she came to draw from the well, uh, there was Jesus. It was no accident. And it is no accident that you're in church today. It's no accident what's being preached or taught today. And, and God is very precise. And God is reaching and God knows everybody and everything. He knows where you're at on this path of life, if you're on it. And He knows if you haven't yet embarked and started. He wants to help you and that's what He did for this woman that day. There's nothing that tells me what she looked like. And you know it doesn't matter because God is not interested in outward uh, stature, whether you're tall or not so tall. Or any other description. God is not interested. He's interested in the eternal part of you. He's interested in your soul. In your spirit. That which is going to live forever somewhere. He wants to help you. As one uh, fella was going to be visited and have a company. And, and um, he, he uh, began to uh, come by and he wanted some assistance. And he began to knock on the door. And they said, we're asleep inside here. We've already pulled the ladder up and shut the door and we're all locked up for the night. 
and he began to knock more and more and more. And, and so because he continued to knock, then the, the man on, on the inside answered, well, that's the point. We want to wake up the, in, the person on the inside. I want to wake you up on the inside. I want to shake you awake and make you realize what's important. I want you to, it's like the, um, the fellow that was a part of a bus ministry. They had many, many buses. And um, he was, one day, the, the pastor, after service, after all the children had been dropped off, and, uh, uh, and, and he, he himself, service was over, and he'd said goodbye to everybody and greeted everybody, and he was on his way home. And on his way home, he always went a, a, a certain way. But this day, he felt to go a different way and stop at a certain time saver. And he, and he, he kept resisting it until finally he just said, oh, okay, okay, I, I, I'm hearing you. So he, so he yielded to his better feelings right then, and he, uh, he went to the left instead of to the right, and he stopped at this time saver, and just as he got out of the car and was walking into the time saver, here comes his bus ministry driver, one of them, carrying out a 24-pack of beer. And he looked at the man, and he said, what are you doing? Now, he knew what he was doing as far as the beer, that wasn't what he was saying. He was saying, what are you, what are you doing? You're, you're going to lose everything. Don't you realize that? You're going you're to lose your life in Christ. You're going to lose your wife. You're going to lose your children. You're going you're to lose it all, man. And you know, sad to say, that's exactly what happened to that man. So sad. So sad. It's always sad. But you know, I tell you, Life is moving on at a fast pace. And the church is no different. The church is moving on. And you could, you better imagine yourself that you're on a great, big, super tanker. And that thing, because it's so big, it might seem like it's just barely moving. But buddy, it's, it's moving. It's moving out there. And you, you find yourself tossed overside. That you, you fall, you lost your balance, you lost your footing You've lost all the, that which helped you to, to maintain a posture and a place uh, in God. And you find yourself overboard. By the time you come up after you've hit the water and gone down, by the time you've surfaced and bobbed up like a cork, I promise you that super tanker is way down, miles away. And you're just a tiny little speck. A tiny little speck. The devil will always tell people, well, if, you leave, if I leave the church, said they're going to they're gonna all fold up and die. I wished I had a dollar for everybody that said that in the last 38 years or felt that way. It's just a deception of the devil. That's all it is. That's all it is. Does it mean you're not loved? Oh, no, you're loved. Does it mean you won't be missed? Oh, no, you'll be missed. It does, does it mean that you'll be completely forgotten out of our minds? No, because we'll probably include you in the prayer that we pray for all those who have backslid over the years. Yes, we will pray for you more than likely. And, uh, but I can tell you that there will probably come a time when that will become less and less and less because there's a harvest that beckons. There's people that have never known. There's people that have not yet repented, have not yet, they don't know to do that. They don't know to be baptized in Jesus' name. They don't know to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they have to be reached. 
And we cannot stand around idle in the marketplace. Our prayers can't be idle. We've got to be active, proactive here. We've got to go forward. We're seeking out, like Jesus, the, the, the lost and the dying. We're seeking out not the righteous, but the unrighteous. We're seeking out not the, those that are whole and well, but seeking out those that are sick and afflicted. We're looking for people, searching for people that are crying out. What did it say in one place in the harvest? It said summer is, is ended. And the harvest is over. And they cried out and said, we are not yet saved. Come on. We've got a job to do here. And we can't get tripped up and stumbled up over somebody who's going to ruin everything. Why are you doing that? You don't need to do that. Get a hold of yourself. Get the right spirit. Get the right attitude. Set your affection on things that are above. Hear me when I tell you, Christ, who is our life? This is our life. There is nothing else of any value whatsoever. Christ is our life. Amen. Amen. You know why you can give people licenses? and You know why you can stock shelves? You know why you can give money at the bank when people cash their checks? Because Christ is your life. That's why you can do that. That's why you can do it, because you go, to, you go to work with a spring in your heel. You go to work with the Holy Ghost in your life. You, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Uh, that, that's your job is because that's not your life. Your life is Christ. When Christ, who is our life, you have defined that now. You know what that is. If, if, if life was just, was just driving the truck, or life was just... You know, doing your, the natural day-to-day thing of a job, employment, friend. How boring is that? How miserable is that? If that's all you're living for, no wonder you're in a, such a sad and sorry shape. But when you focus and you built your life around Jesus Christ, friend, then Christ is our life. This is what I live for. He is who I live for. I remember when I was in the church for just a short while, and I, uh, I worked five jobs to try to keep a roof over our head. Obviously, there were many part-time jobs. I mowed lawn and got a cut on the rent. I uh, worked at a gas station for the large sum of $1 an hour. Think about that. And the graveyard shift on top of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do I say? Those were the days. <laughs> uh, and the only, thing, the only thing that got me through those days was having the Holy Ghost. I remember uh, being at that gas station in the wee hours of the morning, and some guy pulled up, <clears throat> and his tire was real low and just about completely flat. And uh, he, uh, he had been at a club and had some alcohol on his breath, of course, and and God knows what else was in his system. And, and he was trying to get me to change his tire. And I said, I only pump gas. That's all we do here. I said, there's, there's not even a, uh, tools to change a tire here. I said, that's not the kind of station it is. And, and he got mad. You know, he just had a devil and a bad spirit. And I remembered I got the thing and was trying to at least air up the tire for him. And, and uh, he just kept on standing over me just very ugly. And I just told him, I said, listen, pal. I said, I'm not going to fight with you. 
Now, you know, in the old day for the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have announced that. I would have just leaped on him and done my best to beat the dog out of him. And, uh, but now, Christ who is our life. What a difference it makes. And, and uh, many a time on that midnight shift, witness to people, people stopping by for whatever reason and would witness to them. I'm going to tell you the change that takes place in, the, in your pattern of thinking. It changes. I'm turning to Ephesians chapter 4. And of course, there's so much good in this. But I'm going to try to pick up at verse 14. That we, this is the body of Christ, people who are a part of the body of Christ, that we, or those of you that would become a part of the body of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, every fad. You know, when I first came, got witness to, and was starting to read the Bible, and, and uh, the, in the beginning, since it failed, she didn't come to church. One time, we went together, and then after that, she didn't want to go. And she testified a long time later after that she also had gotten baptized and gotten the Holy Ghost. She said that she thought it was just another fad that I was going through, another phase that I was going through. Just tossed to and fro, you know, with whatever everybody was doing at job, everybody was doing at work, everybody was doing on the corner. Whatever they were talking and juking and jiving, you know, and I'd get caught up with it, thought that was cool. Let's do this, let's do that, let's do the other. One day came home out of, out of the clear blue and riding a motorcycle. Weird things, strange things, and, uh, you know, all kinds of things that just spoke of immaturity and lack of direction and purpose. And uh, he, the writer said, no more children, no more tossed to and fro, no more carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness. You know, the devil is out there working. and He wants, he knows if you're getting close to coming into the church. Or he certainly knows when you're in the church. And he's going to try to interfere with that. He went on to say, cutting craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But he said, but instead of that, instead of, of, of being tossed to and fro and all of that, he said, instead he's saying, but speaking the truth in love, that you may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body of Christ, that is, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual, the powerful working in the measure of every part, and it makes in, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We live in a world. Slide over, guys, everybody. Make room for my partner. Uh, we live in a world that they care, the natural world, carnal people, care more about the physical body than they do about the spiritual body. But you know what? The, spirit, the, the physical body is going back to the dust from whence it came. And it's dying every day. And you can 
you can, I, I read about a guy that was an heir uh, to, believe it or not, champion spark plugs. And you can imagine how much money he was worth. Maybe not. And here he was now in his 60s. And he was doing everything he could. Had all these trainers and assistants and people to get him up at wee hours in the morning and do certain exercises and do all these different things and because he was, he was determined that he wanted to live to be at least 100. And I don't care what you live to be on this life, you're going to eventually die. And your body is going to go back to the dust from whence it's coming. You hear me? But you've got a spirit and a soul that's going to live forever somewhere. So which one does it make more sense to pay attention to? The one that you know is going to die and go to dust, and no matter how much you exercise, no matter what kind of diet you put yourself on, no matter what kind of uh, talk and line of thinking that you subscribe to, you're going to die. It is appointed unto man once to die. After that, well, see, that's where that part comes in about the soul and the spirit. After that, the judgment. So let's set our affections on things that are above, shall we? Let's remember that we have a, a physical body and it's going to die. Go back to the dust. But we have a spiritual part of us. Man, woman is a body, soul, and spirit. And you want that, that body to be able to be resurrected in the first resurrection. You want it to be among those that are going to have everlasting life. Not those that are going to be resurrected to everlasting shame. Okay? And damnation. There will be a great difference. So let's pay a little attention to our spiritual body. Let's see if we can get that in shape. Let's see if we can set our affections or our emotions, the things that seem to affect us so much. You know. One woman was greatly used of God. She was a laborer, missionary type, to Africa. And her and her husband had left America and gone to Africa and put in about 45 years over there. And... Uh, she was home, and her uh, husband had passed away, and she was back over here in America, and she was um, going, riding with a sister in the Lord to a conference where she was to speak. And this sister in the Lord looked at her, and she said, Sister, she said, you are so beautiful. And this woman, she just shook her head, and she said, No, no, I'm not. And, uh, but the one that was doing the driving, she wasn't talking about physical body she was talking about her her inner beauty and she told her that she said no I'm talking about the real you I'm talking about the inner you she said that's what's so beautiful it's that that we should work on that's what we need to give attention to everybody said amen, amen. everybody said praise the Lord you can get off course you can get greatly distracted if you buy into the things of this world and what they're advertising and what they're promoting. And, you know, you can, you can get involved 
with all the wrong things. Your life is filled with Hollywood. And who's writing those stories? Who's writing those scripts? Who's, who's putting out all those lines and thoughts and ideas and creating those characters? And you're letting that infiltrate your mind. You're letting that get into your children's mind. And then you better wake up and realize that they're crafting a life that is not after God. Okay? They're crafting a life that is inspired by the wrong spirit. Nothing right about it at all. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Jesus said this way, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. He's talking about the natural, natural life here. Take no thought for that. What ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body than clothes? Trying to get you to think a little bit deeper. Trying to get you to realize that you don't have to live this superficial life. They say it's the little fish that are always around the top. That the, the bigger fish, they swim in the deep waters, the deeper waters. And we, we want to, uh, like Ezekiel, he started out in the shallow waters, but he didn't stay in the shallow waters. He kept launching out further until finally he got where there was so much that it couldn't be swum over. I want us to realize that there's, there's more to life than what Hollywood says. There's more to life than what... I was listening to the radio, to the news, and so much seems to be going on. And, you know, you try to glean a few things and looking at overall international events and prophecy and so on and so forth. And, uh, but I, I just got so sick of it. I just turned it off and I said, you know, I'm going to just tell myself that, that God's got a plan and that, uh, you know, they're always going to rant, they're always going to rave, and they're always going to have their sides. And, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for their own positions and they're feathering their own nests. And they have no life. I'm telling you, they're going to have wars and rumors of wars. People are, are going to die and be killed and all kinds of things are going to take place. And when it's all over, said, and done, there's nothing but a bunch of graves with crosses, maybe, and, and there's nothing uh, but a lot of sadness and agony, and uh, people are gone, and that's it. They, they're a fleeting memory. Your life is, is just a vapor, the book said. You know. But you know what? When your life is Jesus, when your life is hid in Him, then your life is not a vapor any longer. It's not something that the sun rises and burns it away. It's not made of that kind of material anymore. But you're made of material that's from another world. It's from the, uh, the power of God and the glory of God. Once again, Ephesians 4, I didn't get to verse 18. Listen to what he said. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that she henceforth walk not as other people or Gentiles walk, heathens walk, unbelievers walk, or religious people, in the vanity of their mind, the useless vanity of their mind, of no value. Those things are, and that's what I'm trying to express to you, are of no value. No value. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated, cut off 
from the life of God. I am trying to reconnect you. Okay? I'm trying to reconnect. And I and it's a you know what? It's not just a one-time reconnection because after that it's a constant renewal, a constant checking to make sure that we are connected and we stay connected to the church, to the body of Christ. Hear me. It's your sins that separate you from God. That's what your Bible says. And Jesus said, I'm looking for those that are sinners. I'm trying to, I want to draw them to me. And as this church praises and worships God, all internationally, all over, as we do that, universally, people are being drawn to God. And they're coming to repentance. They're coming to water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. They're coming to being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. These children that are taught in Sunday school, they're being taught the truth of the Scriptures. They're being taught what Jesus gave His life on the cross for. What He died for. He died for you. And He died for me. And He died for us. So that we could repent. That we, by His grace, could be baptized in His name. Washed in His blood. Sins completely forgiven. That we could be filled by His grace with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that we no longer would be alienated. We no longer would be cut off. Just think about it. You get baptized in Jesus' name, get the Holy Ghost, you're no longer an alien. Isn't that wonderful? It means you're no longer a foreigner. You're no longer separated from Jesus. You're no longer cut off from Him any longer. So, you keep that in mind. Everybody said, praise the Lord. What is it that keeps us alienated from the life of God? Through the ignorance that is in us. Because of the blindness of our hearts. That's what it's described as. What a great change takes place. I'm back to Colossians in conclusion. Colossians chapter 3. If ye then be risen with Christ. If you have been baptized. Right here. I'm talking about right here. This church. That tank right back there. If you have been baptized in Jesus' name and you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, then you are risen with Christ and you are told you are a new babe in Christ, a new baby, a spiritual baby, and that you are to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the same thing as him saying here, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things. Grow in grace not. Seek those things which are above. Set your emotions, your thoughts. Okay? You know, the things that used to excite me, they don't excite me anymore. Before I got the Holy Ghost, the things that I used to run after, every fad, everything that was presented as new and cool and going after all that stuff, every song and every this, every that. Okay? But when I got baptized in Jesus' name and I got the Holy Ghost, that changed. Those things didn't matter anymore. Those things weren't interesting to me anymore. Those weren't the things that I pursued after anymore. Now I was learning to seek after the things and to set my affection on the things that were above. Not things that were coming from the earth where the Bible said that that kind of thing is sensual and carnal and of the devil. But now we're seeking the things that are of God, the things that are above. 
No longer am I dwelling, uh, drawing from a bitter, sinful, dirty, filthy well. But I'm now, as Jesus told the woman, he said, if you'd ask me, he said, I'd give to you to drink. And he said, what I'd give you, you'd never be thirsty again. I'll give you something so much better and lasting. Give you something real. You find that you're dead. That's what I was. And that's what you become. You become dead. You become dead to the things of this world. You just don't care about those things. People want to talk to me about things, and, and I just can't wait to get cut to the chase and talk to them about Acts 2.38. You know, I really don't want to hear about all these things that they're excited. Sometimes you have to be polite and listen to them, you know, but you're just looking for a way. You know, and I had, my wife said, nobody drives like I do. I said, that's right. Nobody's that skillful. But uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, I'm saying that sometimes you just want to get around that, right, Brother Eddie, that slow poke in front of you, you just want to get around the kill. We've got places to go, things to do. King's business requires haste, you know. And so what I'm saying is that that's how people's conversation is sometimes. I just want to get in ahead of them and cut them off and let's get on to the important thing here. Follow me, will you? I'll tell you something that matters. All right. So when Christ, he said, who is our life. Let's make room, church. When Christ, who is our life. When Christ, who is our life. When Christ, who is our life. When he becomes your life. Everything else. You know, the man that became... He started off as Saul, Saul of Tarsha. And Saul of Tarsha was filled with things in this life, filled with it. So much so that they gave him certificates and diplomas and all kinds of letters of, you know, making him look good in this world. And uh, people respected him, looked up to him. His education. But all his education did was, unfortunately, the kind that he got was put him at odds with God. Put him on the opposite side of God. To the point that God decided to get his attention one day and slapped him down to the ground. and He said, who art thou, Lord? Mr. I-know-it-all, you know who I am, you know. I'm so-and-so. Who are you? You ain't nobody, I'm, but I'm so-and-so. You ain't like me. <laughs> and the Lord said, I'm Jesus. And he said, what will you have me to do? <laughs> and that's really the way we need to become. We need to wake up or take the slapping down that God gives us to wake us up and we need to respond what we have made it to. We need to quit fighting, quit resisting, quit chasing after every, every kind of thing and being influenced by every natural worldly thing. Our minds shaped you know, when you're on the job, what they're saying doesn't 
matter. Unless it has to do with your job as far as how to do your job. But I mean their conversation, their lifestyle, the things that they laugh about and, and act like it's so important. You know? Just kind of like when I turned that radio news off the other day. It just, I, it just, I just said to myself, this just doesn't matter. They'll always argue. They'll always talk. They'll always juke and jive. They'll always be chasing something. It doesn't matter. What matters is the life that I have in him. What matters is them. They need to hear the knowledge of the truth that you have to give to them. That's what they need to hear. That's what they need to be talking about. And they need to be able to observe the life that you live in Christ Jesus. They need to do that. Let's stand together. It all starts, it all starts with us believing. And remember, believing is an act of obedience. Believing and repenting because he's telling us to repent. So as we begin to turn away from the old lifestyle, the old way of living, and as we then Continue to believe and we're baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. If you are here this morning and you are, we here have not baptized you in water in the name of Jesus Christ, then you need to see us and we want to do that right away. I had one young lady who was supposed to be baptized. She came and I said, are you getting baptized? She said, no. And I said, why? She said, I'm going to wait till I'm 10. I said, how old are you? She said, eight. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I have a feeling mom may have had some input there. Maybe mom is confused that you don't get baptized till you're 10. The Bible doesn't say that. Okay? It's when you get to the point that you're mentally mature enough and understanding enough to know that what's right and what's wrong. And that you, you realize from... Sunday school in the Bible, I, I need to be baptized. Well, that's when it's time to be baptized. Whether you're 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, so on and so forth. We don't want to put that off. We want to be buried with Jesus Christ. And we want to arise with him in a newness of life. Everybody said amen. amen. So if you haven't yet been baptized here, then we want to baptize you. We want to do that. Jesus wants you to do that. His word teaches it. And we want to pray for you that you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay? The Spirit of Jesus Christ. If you would, join with me in prayer at this time. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. We worship the Lord. Father God, look deep into our hearts today. And oh God, oh God, let your church feel the burden. People that are lost. People don't know. Let the season is passing and not yet been reaped, O oh God. We refuse to be idle. We refuse, O oh God, to partake of this world. And we're going to be in the church. We're going to be about the business and the work of the Lord. Oh my God, my God, my God, I praise you. I need you, Holy Father. Join us in song and worship. Yes. Yeah.
Come on. 